right, guys. Well, do you guys have your Bibles this morning? Okay, well, let's get them out. Let's get them out because we are going to talk about the importance of the word. And, um, you know, the theme this year for Lake Invasion, um, if you haven't noticed it yet, it's on your shirts that you're wearing. It says resilient. All right. Now, resilient, what does that mean? Can anybody think of, like, what that would mean? Yeah, shout it out. Rebellious, okay, not exactly, um, but okay, let's see here. Like, keep going, keep going, guys. Anybody got anything? Yes. Never giving up, okay. You forgot? Okay, anybody else? Yes. The ability to bounce back. Yes, that's exactly it. And so it's that, that toughness on the inside of you, the ability to bounce back or that rebound, that coming back and saying, you know what, no matter what happened, no matter what my circumstance was, I am coming back and I'm following after what God has for my life. And, um, you know, have you guys ever seen, I was trying to think of this morning, I was trying to think of like where you would use the word resilient, you know, in like a phrase or something. And the only thing that I could, I could come up with was, um, have you guys ever seen like one of those nature documentaries? Like maybe it's on the Great Coral Reef or something and, and they're talking and they're like, no matter what the waves bring, this coral is so resilient. It just stays here century after century. It survives through the crashing, you know. So anyways, but so it's resilient, the ability to bounce back. And so now here's the thing. If we don't know what we believe, just like Josh was saying this morning, we confess what we believe, we say what we believe. If we don't know what we believe, then we will have absolutely no ability to know what we stand on or the ability to come, to come back after a setback. We'll have no ability to stand in the world, no, no ability to be, to be tough and stand up for what we believe in. And so the word is that foundation in our lives. We cannot, um, we could never overstate the importance of this. If all we did was talk about the word for the next week, it would be valid and it would still hold its, its same importance and we wouldn't even touch um, the, the end of how important it is in our lives. And so um, like Lacey was saying, hold your Bible dear to you. Bring it, bring it wherever you go. And bring it to school. Bring it because this word is the foundation, the very foundation of our lives. And so if we don't have the word to stand on, then what would, the, what would happen is our, the world that we live in would become our culture. And so um, now here's the thing about culture, all right? Uh, culture is a way of life. It's something that you grow up in to the point that you don't even really recognize that it is something. All right, so let's say, for example, we are going to, in, in one week from today, we will be at the airport um, getting ready to go to Indonesia, okay? And so, side note, if you want to travel the world for Jesus, then come to Go Ministries. But um, so, if you, um, if you go to Indonesia, for example, all right, and if you've ever been over in another country, um, one of the big things that they say about missions trips and things like that is the culture is completely different, right? It's totally different. Well, when you go over there, what would that look like? It means that their way of life is, is totally different than our way of life. You know, and if you've ever seen anything on TV, um, 
and you would, you know, maybe just a show or something or anything about another place other than where you live, you could see that culture is different over there. And it's the way that they live. And so priorities in life are different. Um, what they do on a day-to-day basis is different. And so the Bible actually talks about culture. And it says in Romans chapter 12, if you guys have your Bibles, let's get out Romans chapter 12, all right? Romans chapter 12. In the, and I, write, I like reading this in the message. And it says, in verse 1, it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best you, the best thing you can do for him. Then it says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And so it says, don't become well-adjusted to your culture that you just fit in without even thinking. And so here's the thing, guys, and I know that you have probably heard this before, but in John 17, Jesus, one of the very last things that he talks about before he goes to the cross is he says, um, he says they are in the world, but they're not of the world, right? And so that's what, this is what kind of what we're talking about when we talk about being resilient or being um, resistant to, uh, resistant to the world's culture and the world's way of doing things and the world's agenda. Did you know that the world has an agenda? Just like God has an agenda and a plan, the world, the devil, um, the devil, the Bible says, is right now the God of this earth. Not God as in you worship him, but the ruler of this earth. And so he, he has an agenda and a plan. And so anybody who is not f- walking in the light is automatically just following that plan and that agenda. All right? And so um, say, for example, if everybody in here, um, if everybody in here started walking around and just going in a big circle like this, and um, if everybody just started going, and that was, let's say, for example, that's the culture, all right, and everybody's living in darkness, and so they're just doing what everybody else is doing because they're, that's all they know, right? And so they're just walking, walking, and they're just following the path that has been set out for them, right? And so, but if once we accept Jesus and we have the light, um, instantly we can see, whoa, I'm not made to fit into this culture. I'm not made to do this. Pastor Steve says this all the time. He says that if the world fits, you're the wrong size. Um, Because we are created and made to be um, so much bigger and so far beyond anything that the world has to offer. We don't fit. We simply don't fit into the world. And so when we do, we deny our God-given identity. And, um, okay, so going back to culture here. So if one person was walking the opposite way and everybody else was going one way, um, they would be going against, they would be going against the culture. And that's what, that's what the Christian life, um, it is going to look like that, okay? Because here's the thing. We 
called to be different. Jesus, he called us out in John 17. He said they're in it, but they're not of it. All right? And so I'm in this culture. I live in the world's agenda, but it's not who I am. It's not in me. And so, um, so when we're talking about being resilient, that's an example of that. You know, and to go back to the culture thing. Um, okay, so I'm from Minnesota. And so I grew up in the north all my life. And so I had never really been down to the south at all. Well, you know, we started traveling, and I was on the road team, and we started going places. And I had um, somebody who's like, yeah, we're going to have biscuits and gravy for breakfast. And I had never heard of that before. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like, you know, like a dinner meal, like, okay, biscuits, and you got your potatoes, and you got your gravy. And I'm like, well, that sounds kind of strange for breakfast, but okay. And, you know, so then we have breakfast, and it's this biscuits and gravy. And come to find out, I had no idea, but down south, it's like they drink biscuits and gravy, like, in their bottles when they're baked. You know, and it's like, you know, it's just grown up into the culture. And biscuits and gravy is the most common breakfast food. It's just like no big deal. You know, this is just what we have. It, it's delicious. I, I like it. But I had, I was like, what is biscuit, biscuits and gravy for breakfast? Like, you know, like what happened to Pop-Tarts, you know? So, um, so that, but, but it was, I had never heard of it because, why? Because it wasn't a part of my culture. They don't have, they don't just eat biscuits and gravy for breakfast up in the north unless you came from the south, you know. And so same thing up there, you know, they have, uh, you know, I could go off in a, in a thick uh, northern accent or something like that. But, uh, oh, yeah, oh, sure. Hey, somebody get the phone. We got the phone. It's ringing, you know, and just. <laughs> so um, there's things. Okay, so think of that culture. And then think of, you know, the culture. And you guys are kind of like right in the middle. So you get, you kind of get like, you're the melting pot of everything around. You're kind of right in the middle of the United States. But um, so, but that, that's an example of culture. And our culture is not this world's culture. All right? Because, why? Because this is not where we're from. Right? So, like, the culture that I have is northern because that's where I'm from. Well, we are not from this world, so this world's culture is not our own, right? And so, um, so he says, don't become so well-adjusted to it that you fit into it without even thinking. Now, that's the, the thing about culture is you don't even recognize it um, because you grow up in it, right? And so there's things that we have grown up in, like just in the world, and um, have not even recognized are dangerous or haven't even recognized, like, you know, wow, is that wrong? I don't really know, you know. Um, one of those things right now is homosexuality, where um, that's being questioned on every side. And and even different, um, you know, we've seen different churches in different places take stands and say, you know what, we, you know, we believe that um, this is okay and things like that. But here's the thing, if we don't know what the word says, then we will go right along with whatever our culture is doing. It's like we'll just take that path and we'll just go right along with whatever everybody's saying, right? But this is our truth. This is the ultimate form of reality. And so, um, so you know what? I'm just going to show you guys. We're just going to touch on that a little bit. And we want to show you guys 
um, where in the word it actually does talk about that so that when, you know, maybe your friends at school or maybe, um, you know, whatever it is, somebody says, hey, you know, I believe in this and I believe in this. What do you believe? You know, what do you believe? And so um, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And um, so if you ever are wondering, like, well, come on, the Bible, are you kidding me? That was written 2,000, no, like 6,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. This doesn't have any relevance. Or, you know, there's no way this thing talks about homosexuality. Or there's no way this, no, it does. It does. Oh, Jesus is, he's the best. And uh, he is the most relevant, relevant person um, to all of humanity is Jesus and, and what he did. And so, um, so in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, now I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, all right? But it's, so it's a little wordy here, but don't get lost. It says, do you not know that the unrighteous and wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, misled, neither the impure, immoral, idolaters, nor idolaters, nor those who participate in homosexuality, nor cheats, swindlers, thieves, greedy graspers, uh, foul-mouthed revelers, slanders, extortioners, robbers, will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. Whoa, that's a heavy hitter. You know, and people would say, um, you know, some people would say, whoa, 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 like why are you hating on these people? We're not. We're not. This is truth. Okay, now look at the next verse. It says, it says, and such some of you were once, but you were washed clean, purified, made free uh, from sin, from the guilt of sin. You were consecrated. You were set apart. You were justified, pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God. So now Paul is writing this. And so he's, he's saying this, he's like, some of you guys used to do this, and you used to be this way. He said, but that was before Christ. That was before Jesus. And so, uh, you know, so Paul, I mean, he, he, he had homosexuals in his congregation, and he's saying there is freedom in Jesus. And he's talking to all these people who had been set free. And so um, it's not this new thing. It's, it's something that the devil's had around for a long time. And the thing about... Um, you know, it doesn't matter here. It goes through the whole list, a whole list of, of different kinds of sin. And so to say that one sin, you know, is, is on this level and the other sin is this level, you know, well, here's the thing is, um, you know, when Josh was talking about this last night, if it doesn't matter if you were the one that ran so, so far away or the one that was right here but just never fully gave your heart to God, um, the Bible says that sin is sin. But freedom is freedom, and Jesus is Jesus. Uh, it doesn't matter um, what path of life I choose if it's not Jesus. Does that make sense? They're all, they all lead to death. If, it, if I don't have Jesus, it doesn't matter what else I do. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if, like, if you take, for example, if you were going through a desert, and there was one well in the desert that had water. There was only one path that had water, and you're walking through the desert, and you maybe you took the path that didn't that didn't have the well, or if you took some other way, um, 
It doesn't matter what path you took. The point is you missed the only water in the desert. And that's how it is with Jesus. If, it doesn't matter what path I take, you know, whether I do this sin or that sin, um, if, I am not, if I haven't given my heart fully to Jesus, then we're all in the same situation. And, um, and so it doesn't matter whether I, you know, whether, we, you know, we could think, oh, my goodness, like, homosexuality, that's so bad. Like, or I haven't done that. Well, um, <laughs> You know, it would be like, take for example, take a candy bar, all right? You go to the gas station, you get a candy bar, you get a Snickers, and um, you you open it up and you take a big bite out of it. Wow, that was so good. And then you're like, well, you know what? I don't really want the rest of this. And, um, you you know, you go back and you would they take it back if you opened it? No. Would they, they wouldn't take it. They wouldn't give your money back. They'd be like, are you kidding me? And so um, now, if I went to that same gas station and got the same candy bar, and if I opened it up, and I didn't take a bite out of it, but maybe I just licked it. Or maybe I didn't even lick it. Maybe I just opened it up. Would they take it back? No. Okay. So the Bible says in James, whether I break the whole law, if I break it in half, or whether I just break one little part of it, I've broken the whole law. And so um, that's why we don't judge people when, you know, no matter what kind of sin they're dealing with, I can't judge somebody because they're sinning differently than I am. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so um, so the Bible is anything um, is anything but, but um, hate for people. It's God's love for people. And he says... Um, He's, he says right here, he says, this is what you were, but I washed you clean. And so, um, you know, there's so many different lies about this particular thing. And, um, you know, one of those lies is uh, that you'll hear when people bring up the argument of, is it okay, or I'm this way, or I'm that way, um, is, well, I was created this way. You know, and if we don't stand on the word, we could think, all right, well, I guess that kind of makes sense. But the word is our foundation. The word is our truth. And so the Bible says in Genesis 1.27 that God made man in his image and in his likeness. Okay, so a very simple way to say, okay, I'm made in the image of God. You guys have heard that before, right? Okay, you're made in the image of God. So I've got a question. Is God gay? No. Okay, so that right there solves everything. Um, if I'm made in the image of God, I'm not gay. All right. So, um, <laughs> but if you, if there's, but okay. So I'm just exposing. We're just exposing the lies that the devil tries to bring about this subject. Because if you guys haven't been confronted with this at school or some other place, you will be. Okay. Because why? Because it's a part of the world system. It's the system, it's the culture, the flow that they're going in. It just goes around and around. And so um, at some point or another, um, you'll come across this, okay? And so, um, okay, so another lie about homosexuality is, um, well, you know, and the devil, he'll speak to this, he'll speak this to you. And he'll say, well, you're just more comfortable, you know, with girls. Or, or you're just more comfortable with guys, and so, you know, you should just you know, your relationship should just go that way. And, um, but here's the thing, here's the, here's the lie about that, is right now, 
You're not created to be in a relationship at this point in your life, right? And so, yeah, maybe I'm not comfortable in being in with, being with a guy right now. That does not mean I'm supposed to be in a relationship with a girl. Does that make sense? Okay, God has, oh my goodness, y'all, I mean, I could go on for hours about this. My husband was here last year, and um, he's the big guy that's got muscles on muscles, so I got to marry him. But... Um, so I could go on and on about how amazing it is to be married to the person that God has for you. But, uh, but here's the thing. Anything, anything else is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. And so if you have ever heard like, oh, well, man, I don't like guys. What if I like girls? Lie. Lie. The Bible has, <laughs> the, God, he has a time for you to be married and a time for you to pursue a relationship and in that season and this season is not that season so don't worry about it okay you are not you are not gay you're not lesbian just because a thought comes thrown at you man well I'm just not comfortable when this kind of relate you're not you're not it's because you're not created to be in a relationship yet this time right now this season in your life is for you to chase after and pursue God. And um, so let's go to uh, Psalms 105, verse 4. And uh, I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Psalm 105, verse 4. It says, Seek, inquire of, and for the Lord, and crave him and his strength, his might and inflexibility to temptation. Seek and require his face and his presence continually forevermore. And so if we, um, like, what a, um, what a verse to go with b- talking about being resilient. It says, inflexible to temptation. You know, if something, like, take this for example. Um, if I were to hit this right here as hard as I could, I would probably break my hand. Why? Because it's inflexible to whatever's going to come at it. Now, you know, if I now look at this thing, this little cord right here, it's just, it just does whatever. Why? Because it doesn't have that inner strength. It ha- it's not made of the, it's not made of that right strong material. But the word says that this is what we are made of, right? And so when we have this on the inside of us, and it says, the Bible says, to seek him and his strength, that you would be inflexible to temptation, or that you would be totally resilient or resistant to temptation, right? Okay, so the third lie about homosexuality is that, um, you know, you'll hear people say, well, well, if it's love, so why is it wrong? Why would you, why are you hating on love? Okay, here's the thing. It's not love. Um, the Bible has a very clear definition of love, and but what it is, it's it's basically it's people, two people searching to be fulfilled and satisfied in something else other than God. And so, no matter no matter um, where that finds you in life, um, if you don't put God inside of that God-shaped hole that He has on the inside of you. Nothing is going to fulfill it. And so um, this, you know, this kind of relationship is just one way that the devil tries to fill that God-shaped hole on the inside of you, right? So it says, um, it says to seek him and crave him, but if I'm not seeking him um, or, or pursuing him, then the devil's going to throw in anything else to fill that void and make me think, well, I'm satisfied with this. 
you know, and so here's the thing is God has so much more for you than, um, than any kind of lie that the devil has tried to sell you. And so um, whether it's with this or whether it's with anything else, um, maybe it's he, lies he's been trying to tell you about, you know, or, um, a normal kind of relationship or lies he's been speaking to you about, you know, um, your identity or, or your worth or things like that. And so um, because it's why we just hear it and we see it because it's a part of the world system. It's a part of that culture, you know, and one thing that really feeds that is the media. And so, um, I mean, there's so many different things that we could say here, but um, even if you look at the award shows now, um, it's just basically what it is, it's a glorifying of um, sin, and it's a glorifying of just, you know, what can we get away with here, and what can we do, what can we do to be edgy, and, um, you know, the Bible, God is so cool, he knew that this was coming, okay, um, he knows it all, okay, and um, the Bible is so relevant, it says right here in Romans chapter 1, um, and I'm going to read this in the message, it says, um, in verse 26, it says, refusing to know God, they soon didn't know to ha- know how to be human either. And so when we start rejecting God, maybe rejecting him in the school system or rejecting him, um, you know, within different areas of our government or things like that, when we, re- when we start to reject the one who has given us um, all value and all worth, because our value comes from him, uh, you know, it says in, um, actually back in... Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, later on in that chapter, the very last verse in that chapter, the same one that was talking about homosexuality, the very last verse in that chapter, it talks about how you were bought with a price, and you were paid for with the precious the precious blood of Jesus, and so it says, you're not your own, therefore honor God in your bodies, right? Okay, so we are bought with a price, and we, we belong to him. This is where we get our value, our worth. You know, our shirts out there, they say lovable, valuable, capable, and redeemable. And um, it's be- why? It's because he has, he has put that value on you. He has, has made you those things. And so, but when we reject the one who has given us our value, then all of a sudden we no longer start to value human life. And so, um, so that's why, you know, things like abortion or things like, um, you know, uh, sex trafficking and, th- and things like that go on in our world because um, those people in that situation have lost the value for human life. And so they don't, uh, they don't value it as precious. And so, okay, so they say, refusing to know God, they soon didn't know how to be human either. Women didn't know how to be women. Men didn't know how to be men. Sexually confused. Have you ever heard that before? You know, well, I'm just confused. All right, that's the world's system. It's the system. The Bible says that you are not confused. Uh, I think Josh quoted this last night, but you have power, love, and a sound mind, right? And so, you know, anything you can look, um, really, you know, and Pastor Steve says this all the time, but he says, all you have to do, he said, if you don't know how to hear the devil's voice or God's voice, then basically you take whatever the devil's telling you and you just do the opposite of it and you've just heard from God. So, you know, so if he says, if you hear something like, well, I'm just confused about who I am, lie, 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 and so then you know the actual truth, the actual reality is, 
what the word says you are and that you have a sound mind. So um, it says, sexually confused, they abused and defiled one another. Women with women, men with men, all lust, no love. There it is. And, um, And they paid for it. Oh, they paid for it. Emptied of God and love, godless and loveless wretches. And then it goes on. It says, um, then all hell broke loose, and they keep inventing new ways of wrecking lives. And the very last verse, it says, and they don't care. Worse, they hand out prizes to those who do the worst things best, you know. And that's kind of where we're going with those award shows and, and just, you know, all those different things that um, just glorify the world system. But we are not of that system, and we are not of that world. And so, um, so we're just exposing stuff here, just getting it out, okay? So, you know, now, how would you, um, how do you stand strong in this world? How would you um, go about, you know, being resilient or resistant to um, that system? It's found in the Word. It's all in the Word, okay? And um, so let's go back to um, Romans chapter 12. You guys doing good out there? Is this making sense? Have, have, have you guys heard this before? Like, these lies and these things, you know, I won't have you raise your hand, but, um, you know, these lies, the devil, he speaks the same thing to everybody, but he tries to make you think that you're the only one who's feeling this way. But it's not. He's, he literally tells the same lie to every person, you know, and the Bible says, seeking who he may devour. So he'll say, you know, he'll go through every person and say, all right, you know, um, I don't know. I can't even think of a lie. So so he goes through and, like, tries to say something ugly about her. And then he's like, oh, okay, that didn't work. Okay. So, it go, I mean, he just goes down the line. He's not, um, he just, it's, the devil's so dumb. Okay, e- okay, get this. The devil is so stupid that even in a, like, take, for example, a gay relationship, you have, you know, you look at two people and you you have, like, the one, like, macho dude and then you have the one, like, femi dude, right? The devil can't even create his own, like, his own thing, okay? Do you see that? Because everything inside of us is going towards how God created us to be. And so um, it's such a lie um, to live anything else. And, um, okay, so in Romans, man, the devil's so stupid, I hate him. Um do you guys like our videos, like the ones that make fun of the devil? Oh, they're so fun. Okay. Going back to Romans chapter 12. And in this time, I'm going to read it um, out of the Amplified. And it says, um, in verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. But be transformed, changed by, okay, so here we go. Here's our key into how do we get changed. It says, by the renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Even the things which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So not just good for me, not just good for Go Ministries, not good for you. His plan is so good for you. And so, but it says, how do you get that? It says, by the renewal of your mind, all right? Um, Because since 
we, we live in the world, then everything we see, I mean, if you turn on the TV, if you pass a billboard, if you um, listen to music, it's all inside of that culture. And which is why um, sometimes we don't even recognize, like, we don't even recognize these things that are going inside of us because um, it's just all a part of, oh, it's just the music I listen to. Oh, it's just the TV shows I watch. Um, but it's all, it all has an agenda. If it's from the world, it's Satan's agenda. And um, his agenda is never to give you a good time. That's not his plan. Um, you know, hell is not just your destination. It's the path that you're on. And, um, and so that's what that path is. Anything that does not lead to Jesus leads to hell. It does, you know. And I love that this church is called the door, you know, because no matter what land you're living in, no matter if you're living in the land of depression, if you're living in the land of, um, of confusion, if you're living in the land of hopelessness, he, there is one door, and his name is Jesus. There is only one door out, and it, oh, it's Jesus. And so... Um, so that renewal of your mind. And so how do we renew our mind? By the word of God and standing on the word. And um, now this, for example, so let's take Lake Invasion. So you're at Lake Invasion. You're, you're in the second session of Lake Invasion, and you're getting the word planted inside of you right now. All right, so let's think of a farmer and think of um, the, the word as the seed, right? And so the seed is being planted into you, and um, so then you go home, and you're like, great, you know, that was, Lake Invasion was so awesome, I had the seed, I had the word planted in me, I'm ready to go, and so then you keep, so then, just imagine what would happen if a farmer had, like, one seed, all right, and he goes out, he's got one stock, he's got one corn seed, all right, and so he goes out to his field, and he plants his one seed seed of corn in the ground. You know, makes a little hole, puts it in there, covers it up, waters it, and goes back inside. And he comes out the next day. Is he going to have a field for a harvest? No. Um, and even at that point, his seed hasn't grown yet. Okay, so he waits all summer long. And uh, he's like, all right, you know, I, I'm not seeing this thing, but let's just, you know, I'm believing that it's going to happen here. And so he, so far, he's seeing no fruit in his life. And um, so he comes back, and there's, okay, so there's one stalk of corn growing in this farmer's field. Because why is there only one? He only planted one seed. Right. And so, um, so he goes, and he gets his, you know, he waited until it was ready to go, and he picked his corn. And what? You maybe get, like, two or three different ears of corn off of a stalk. I mean, not, not that many. And so, um, so he goes home, and he's got corn for, what, like two meals? Okay, and so we, but here's the thing. We kind of do the same thing. We, um, you know, we're like, oh, yes, I had the seed planted in me. I had it planted in me. But if we don't plant any more, then we're only going to get one piece of fruit because we only planted one thing, you know. And so um, it's, a, it's a spiritual principle and a spiritual law, and um, even the even nature represents that. So if I plant one stalk of corn, I'm going to get one stalk of corn. And um, 
so if I only, you know, put the word inside of me once at Lake Envision, or if I only put it inside of me once here, once there, when I go out to my field and I'm like, okay, here's my fruit, here's what, here's, you know, and then there's only one thing, and I'm like, why isn't it producing what I need it to produce? It's, it's the same concept. And so um, it says, by the entire renewal of your mind. So let's just say that field is your mind. And so now we've planted the word inside of there. And, um, but everything else is, the rest of the land is still not producing anything. And so, but it says by the entire. So now what if that farmer goes, oh, the entire field, that's what you mean. And so he takes all of his seed and he's out there planting for days and day after day after day and all of planting season and he's out there planting, you know, uh, they plant millions of seeds, I'm sure. And um, is he going to get a harvest if, if he plants millions of seeds? Yes, like his, his crop is going to be full. It's not just going to be the one. It's going to be here and here and here and here and here. Why? Because he did, it says, the entire renewal of your mind. Not just one, once, once, a, you know, once in a great blue moon, but it's the entire. So what does entire mean? It means every day. It means every day. And um, actually in, um, in Ephesians, we're almost done here, guys. So in Ephesians chapter 4, and it says verse 22, it says, strip yourselves of your former nature. So put off and discard your old unrenewed self. So just that nature that was following the path and following the course of the world. He says, strip it off. Take it off. Get rid of that old thing. And he says, um, which characterized your previous manner of life. And becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from, from delusion. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. And so right here it says constantly be renewed, constantly, which is why this word is so important to us. I mean, every single day um, is, you could say, is constantly being renewed and constantly putting this on the inside of you. Now, here's the thing. Um, you know, it's not a, um, like Josh was saying, it's not a work, or it's not like if I, okay, if I renew my mind, then nothing is ever going to happen to me, and how come this is happening? No. Okay, so um, Jesus, uh, he is the power in your life, and the Holy Ghost actually is um, the power. You know, Jesus came to earth, to set us free from, from sin and death. And the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is what keeps you free from those things. And so, um, I mean, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then come and talk to us afterwards. Because if, if maybe this is something you're dealing with and you're like, how come I'm not, how come I don't have any fruit in my life? Or how come, you know, um, I just can't, I just don't seem to have the power to read the word. I just don't seem to have the ability to, to do these things, it's the power of the Holy Spirit in your life that just ignites that. You know, the Christian life is not this, some, like, thing that we have to work up and make happen on our own. The coolest thing about being a Christian is that he does it all. I just have to completely give it all to him, which is a part of renewing my mind. It's giving every area of me over to him and saying, God, this, I give this to you. You take you take it, you take this field, and, and you take it, and 
He does the work when we yield to him. And so, um, so with that being said, um, you know, all these different things that the devil would try to, to plant in your mind, man, you guys, you have every single thing that you need to withstand uh, every attack and withstand every lie. But if we don't know what the truth is, then a lie becomes a reality. And, um, but truth, Pastor Steve says this, he says truth is the highest form of reality. And if you actually were to look that up in um, the Webster's, the, the original Webster's dictionary that he wrote, you know, way back in the day, um, it actually says that truth is, you know, it says truth is reality. It says in the past, in the present, and in the future. It says that, tr- that truth is, um, it's, it's reality in the future. Whoa, that's, okay, that's what faith is, you guys. That's what faith is, that future, that truth, oh, the word um, is, this is my reality. It's my reality then. It cleaned me from my past. It took of everything in the past. This is who I am now. I'm standing on the word, and this is who my life is going to be in the future. Um, this is my reality. And so when you know that this is the only thing that is real in life, um, we could tell you story after story um, of our lives and the, the different things that we chased after. And we actually, we have this skit called Wind Chasers where um, they try and they're chasing after the wind and they're chasing after something that will satisfy them. But nothing will satisfy um, an eternal, um, an eternal whole on the inside of you except for eternity himself and that's Jesus and so um, you know if I try and fill myself with a relationship or sex or drugs or this or that um, none of those things are eternal and so simply simply put none of those things could ever satisfy me um, because I am an you guys we're all we are eternal and so eternal life isn't just something that's in the future. Eternal life is now. And Jesus said that he has come to give you abundant life. You know, he is that well in the desert. He is the one um, that we run to for that abundant life. And so in the middle of the desert, you guys are the ones prospering. You guys are the ones growing. You guys are the ones who are living these rich, amazing, full, satisfied lives because you're standing on the word. Because you went to Jesus, you know the truth. And the Bible says in John chapter 8, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so um, so if any of this has like really hit you and you're like, wow, okay, that's me. The devil's been lying to me. Then, um, then when this is done, you know, at lunch, we're going to be, there'll be interns in here and interns um, at the product table, but we want to talk with you. We want to be able to pray with you guys and um, and let you know that, first of all, you're not alone. Second of all, the devil is a liar. And third of all, Jesus is Lord. And, and um, everything pales in comparison to the joy and the freedom that he can bring in your life. And um, <laughs> being fully satisfied, there is nothing like it. And um, actually, in Proverbs chapter, I think, 11, verse 27, in the Message Bible, it says, um, it says, why are you going after all these different things? It says, um, it says, it's never, here, let me just read it, because it's so good. I don't want to mess it up for you guys. Okay, real quick. 
Okay. Let's see. Almost done, guys. Okay. It says, in actually, in Proverbs 21, it says, you're addicted to thrills. What an empty life. The pursuit of pleasure is never satisfied. And and then this could also be said, the pursuit of Jesus is always satisfied. Always satisfied. He never leaves you hanging. He never fails you. He never quits on you. I mean, no matter how many times um, we do things to, to mess up our lives, he's always right there, and right there, right there. And it's like no matter how far we run, bam, he's right there. And, um, you know, the Bible says in, in Thessalonians, um, it says, Jesus, who personally rescues. So it doesn't matter what situation your life has been in. Um, it doesn't matter if, you know, things have happened in your past. Maybe bad things have happened to you in your past, and it wasn't like something that you did, but it was something that somebody else did to you. It, none of that matters. It says, <laughs> it says that Jesus is the answer for all of that, and he will never leave you hanging. And, um, and God is so, so good. And so we just wanted to say that. Um, we also wanted to let you guys know, um, you know, if, like I said before, if you're interested in Go Ministries, um, as far as maybe you don't know what you're supposed to do with your life, um, but you just know that um, God has more for you, then Go Ministries is a place where you can come and find out while you're here for a year. Find out what he has for you. Find out and dig into the word. And it's a year set apart, totally free from anything else to where you can come and say, okay, Lord, I'm pursuing you. I'm pursuing you. What do you have for me? And, I mean, every single person we could say, God is so good. The Bible says that his plans for you are far beyond what you could ask or think. And so, like, in my mind, you know, in our minds, we have this picture of the life that we want to live. And, um, you know, because nobody, when they're growing up, nobody grows up and says, man, I can't wait to be older so I can be a drug addict. I can't wait to be older so I can uh, be homeless. Nobody says that. But all of our decisions, every decision that we make will either take us on the course of the world or the path that leads to life, which is Jesus, every single decision. And so, you know, we wake up, and this is what happens to people. They, they're, they just follow, um, you know, this, the path of the world without realizing it. But in the end, the Bible says that it leads to death. And so they just follow this path, and they wake up, you know, 20, 30, 40 years later, and their life is a wreck. And it's because they've just blindly followed the course in the world system. And and everything that the world says was okay. And so, um, but that is not you guys because you have been exposed to the truth. And we just want you guys to know that we love you guys so much. And so um, with that being